Welcome to the Sisters of Industry podcast with hosts Laura Brown and Jen Williams, where the goal is to help you work harder, lean smarter, and live life better. Where one bloodline and different industry experiences will provide new insight to make you more effective at work and play. Our mistakes will help all of us laugh and learn. Get ready to lean in, lean out, and possibly snort coffee out your nose as they talk about all things business, leadership, and life. Let's go. I'm Laura, the sister that is a Steelers fan, learning to deal with this new, all too real feeling called disappointment. And I'm Jen, the sister who still remembers crying as a child when Duke lost in the Final Four. You know, that one time. All right, so today's episode, you can hear it in our voices, we're digging into disappointment. It's real and it's unavoidable, but we can deal with it in ways that move us forward and not two steps back. Today we're going to spend some time talking about disappointment. If you've never been disappointed, I would suggest that you're either lying to us or you're lying to yourself. Is that fair, Jen? Absolutely. Disappointment's part of life. So disappointment comes in all shapes and sizes. I'm going to acknowledge that at the very beginning of this episode because I think we all have experienced disappointment, but some disappointment is so different and so real. Disappointment can be not getting the exact pair of earrings you wanted for your birthday. Which is a really tragic thing as someone who loves earrings. Sorry. I know. That's actually what made me have that example, Jen. (laughs) I was thinking about your earring collection. For our listeners, um, someday we will post a picture of Jen's earring collection for you. I know those of you men that are listening right now are thinking, wonderful, so excited. You're disappointed in how we're starting this episode. (laughs) Well played. Well played. Um, Disappointment can also go to a very not funny place um, to things like not getting the job you hoped for, maybe the inability to get pregnant and have children like you dreamed of having someday, disappointment in how a parent has treated you or you've treated a parent or a child's treating you. Um, It comes in all shapes and sizes. And I want to be really clear today that it is not our objective to try to help everyone figure out how to cope with the big disappointments. I think some things will apply, but I recognize that those are different. What we really want to get into today is those disappointments that come at us in our professional lives and in our quest to be industrious. So when we are trying to get that promotion that just doesn't come through or the disappointment that you trained somebody to do a job and they're not following through. These are the disappointments we're talking about today. And I'm sure we'll talk about some others. um, But I do recognize that some disappointments are so much bigger than what we'll get at today. And I don't want you to think that um, we don't acknowledge that and that we're making those things small. That's but a really let's good talk point, about Laura. it. And I, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in here. That's a really good point because disappointment is such a huge topic. And so we acknowledge all of those things. But I think this is such a big thing and an important thing that we're taking on because this entire podcast, and you just said it, is devoted to this idea of living industrious lives and doing work that matters. And anytime you're trying to do work that matters, you're going to be disappointed when it doesn't work. 
you're going to be disappointed when maximum impact and maximum change doesn't occur. And that's real. And so that's, I think, where we're heading today. But that's a really good distinction, but also a really good, I think, just, again, acknowledgement that it's because we're trying to do this industrious, meaningful work. Absolutely, Jen. And so I go very quickly to in the quest for being industrious and doing things that are meaningful, disappointment can pop up really quickly. I think all of us in our quest for those things have placed really high expectations on ourselves and on others around us to do great things. So it's really easy to get disappointed. I know I get disappointed with myself all the time because I didn't handle a situation the best way I could have handled it. Or I made a decision that didn't get the impact that I had hoped for. Um, Or I took too long to make a decision and a missed opportunity existed as a result. Disappointment is almost a daily part of my life. So it's so important that I think about how to handle it and how to push through it. Jen, do you experience the same? Oh, absolutely. I I think that there's lots of disappointment in the sense of every time... um, go back to baseball here every time we go up to bat what we really want is a home run and so when that's the bar it's really easy to feel disappointed because you can't always hit a home run and so again part of talking about disappointment is being able to to put a gauge on that because we are often setting the bar way too high which is leading to more disappointment than is really necessary but Absolutely. For me, there's a daily reality that my expectation is that we're going to do really effective things, that if we start a project, we're going to exceed the goal that we set for the project. And there's so many outside circumstances that are always at play that that's that's simply not true. And so learning to deal with this is huge. And I'm actually one for one hoping that you have some really good tips on how we're going to handle this disappointment and not only handle it, but I think like we're talking about with all of these feelings, how can we actually use it as a tool in in moving us ahead? The example that you just gave around baseball, Jen, actually made me pause quite literally there for a second. Um, (laughs) And and here's what it got me thinking about. How often, I know we both have kids that play baseball. I'm sure that other people listening or have been exposed to the sport or something similar. And like you said, our kids will go up to the plate and they want that home run. And a lot of times it causes them to swing and a miss because they're just over trying. I find myself cheering at baseball games all the time. Just looking for a base hit here. We need some runners. Just get a runner. Get on base. Phrases like that. Why don't we give ourselves the same kind of reasonable expectation as we Mm. have a quest for the meaningful? That really is the very first place I want to go. You said offer some tips. So tip number one is set reasonable expectations. That's so I don't think that we all need to walk into the office every day saying today's the day I'm going to double our stock price. It's unreasonable. But today might be the day that you hire someone that's really good with analytics and is going to help you understand where you could go make some key changes. Yeah, be reasonable about what you want to get out of your day. 
being reasonable is not something that I excel in, um, but <laughs> something that I feel like I've tried to learn through the years. And you just put that in a way that really landed with me because you're right. The number of times I cheer for my kid, you know, just get a hit, um, knowing that that advances the game. There was a post-it that I kept up in my office for a long time, and I heard it from another pastor, Craig Groeschel, and I don't know if it was original to him or somewhere else, but he said it and it landed and I wrote it and looked at it a lot. And it said, do today what you can do today so that tomorrow you can do what you couldn't do the day before. And that helped me so much. Not walk in every day thinking I had to get across every finish line out there, but instead set a reasonable expectation that I can't do it all, but I can do something today that allows the next step tomorrow that gets us further down the field. Absolutely. We often hear the phrase laying the groundwork, and that's one way of putting it. You're laying the groundwork for the next step. You're taking the first step. You are putting your first house on park, place, and boardwalk so that you can work your way to (laughs) hotels and just kill everybody at Monopoly. It's a process. Yes, good, Monopoly. Yeah, and sometimes the process starts with someone else buying boardwalk and you have to strike a deal later. It's okay. But sometimes you land on luxury tax. Amen, sister. So tip number one, set reasonable expectations. Very quickly, though, I'm going to go to tip number two, which for me is know what to do when disappointment does happen. You know what's going to happen, so have a strategy for how you're going to deal with your disappointment. The strategy cannot be to, um, as I've warned in previous episodes, go out and eat your disappointment. I will always remind us that that is not the right answer. The strategy can't be to go home angry and take it out on your kids and your family. Um, But there are some really good things you can do with disappointment. Number one is acknowledge it and why you have it. Um, Know what disappointed you. And take time to assess what you would do differently the next time. A lot of times in my workplace, we refer to that, I'm sure many people do, as um, going through a lessons learned exercise, if you want to be really formal about it. I'm disappointed by the result I got here. What happened? How can I learn from it? And how can I apply those lessons when I try again? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really good way to start thinking about how do you take disappointment and flip the coin over and make it a really constructive activity. I can say that a few times in my career, probably more than I realize or want to talk about, I've had some pretty epic failures or some things that really did not go like they were supposed to go. And the times that I look back at and recognize that I learned from it and I didn't just walk away and bury that disappointment or vent that disappointment away, but was really honest about, yep, that didn't work right. I didn't like what I got here and figured out what to do with that disappointment. I got so much better as a result. And maybe that's a project that didn't go well. And you say, I'm disappointed in that. I'm going to go get some classes or get some mentorship on how to be a better project manager. Um, I'm going to apply a different tool for tracking tasks. It can be as tactical as that um, to help make you better every time. But I think key number two is knowing how to handle and learn from disappointment. I think that's a great one. And what I'd add to that is that sometimes disappointment is a good stopping point because 
if we are achieving results, sometimes they're not always the results we want, but we haven't hit a disappointment phase yet. And so we're kind of, we're still in the process. We're maybe trudging along with some mediocre results. We're just, we're doing what we need to do to keep moving forward, even if it's not in the most efficient way possible, or we're not sure if we're making as much ground as we could be. But we can kind of just get stuck in this continual process. Sometimes what disappointment allows is when something truly goes wrong or a metric falls off or something dies, something fails completely. Then, and, and not to be morbid in this, but we get to do a project autopsy. Disappointment forces the question. It forces the opportunity to say, what are some of the things we weren't doing right that as long as we were getting results before, we were continuing to do. They weren't right then either, but we kept doing it because it was still okay. And sometimes disappointment gets to be the moment where we go, oh, stop, let's actually fix some of the things that weren't working. And so to your point, we deal with disappointment by letting it be a learning opportunity, a growth opportunity, a chance to reevaluate our processes, find some of the holes that we were ignoring when things were going okay. You just said processes. That makes me so happy. <laughs> just for you. Just for you, I love sister. processes. Well done. You're trying to make me a very happy girl. Um, you made me very proud. The opposite of pride is disappointment. That may not be textbook true, so English teachers, hold your fire. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the reality that I was just proud. I'm making fun. Pride in Jennifer versus disappointment. Um, but Jen, people can disappoint us. And I think yeah. this is an area of disappointment that's really intense, and we need to dig into it just a tiny bit here. People can disappoint. What do we do with that kind of disappointment? That's huge. And this is the one that can absolutely wreck you if you're not paying attention to it. And I'll be very honest, this is a vulnerable point for me because I have had this happen on a whole lot of occasions. Um, it's a very common thing because the work that I do is intensely relational. And so when you do work that's intensely relational and it's very personal um, and geared that way, most of those disappointments do end up happening around relationships. And um, I've had people in my life that were people that I loved and thought we were going to work together forever, um, whether formally or, you know, informally and, and things happen. And handling that is huge because we can handle that in some really detrimental ways. We can handle that in ways that lead to um, burnout. We can handle that in ways that lead to frustration. And one of the things that I see all the time that sometimes what when it's so personal, when it comes to disappointment, is if not caught and dealt with, it leads to cynicism. Um, we start to become people who don't want to invest again, who don't want to try again. We can take on other projects and other work, but we can become really gun shy when it becomes when it comes to relationships and people when we've experienced disappointment. And so one of the things I actually say to my staff a, a fair amount is that when it comes to ministry, one of the hardest parts of ministry is wanting something for people more than they want it for themselves, right? If we're trying to meet people on a journey, for some people, they're still exploring faith, discovering faith. And if we believe that, you know, that faith is really the, the very best thing and we want them to know who Jesus is and, and 
they're just still at a different place in that. And so we can bring to that all of our expectation um, and really want something for someone that they don't even want yet for themselves. And so then when they're not pursuing it with the same energy that we are, we get disappointed and we start to lose steam. And that's giving up on people in a ridiculous way. This goes back to our realistic expectations. We have to want to start with people and go at the pace they're going or else we just you know we turn people into commodities and I don't think that's just ministry I took that to a very specific context but I think sometimes the hardest part of parenting is wanting something for our kids more than they want it for themselves and maybe they just haven't learned to want it yet maybe it's not what they actually want and then we find ourselves getting disappointed um, because we we found that gap. The hardest part of loving anyone can sometimes be wanting something for them more than they want it for themselves. So I, I, um, I read a great book from a friend of mine the other year. Kerry Newhoff wrote a book called Didn't See It Coming, and he dealt with these seven obstacles that every person, every leader experiences that we're usually not looking for. And um, one of the ones that he talked a lot about was this idea of disappointment and what do we do with it. And he pointed to the fact that it is so easy to get cynical as we experience that, but the antidote to that kind of cynicism is to stay curious. And to say that a different way, we have to stay open. We have to stay willing to be people to discover and explore and to not give up um, altogether just because we've been hurt or let down. We have to be willing to hope that um, there's other opportunities, there's better opportunities that we're all in a growing and learning process. So that was that was long. Um, sorry about that, Laura. What what would you add to that? I think I can only say amen to that. There's so much truth to what you just said, and I love the conclusion where you said um, where you use the word hope. And I think that in our next segment, we're going to dig into that a little bit and talk about the reality that the best way to deal with disappointment is to watch, is to keep looking forward, and not to keep looking backwards and staring that disappointment in the face. So. Um, I'll look forward to talking more in a few minutes here about how to take disappointment and move forward. In Real Talk today, we're going to do a little bit of confessions of music we listened to in the past. Jen, do you have any fear? <laughs> I do. I do. I am not going to bring up DC Talk singing songs um, oh, like Lean on Me. Oh, you fear, no. fear not. I will not tell everyone listening that you are obsessed <laughs> with that song for some stupid reason. I, was, I will, however, I tell everyone listening that we had a mutual obsession with Garth Brooks. And I'm talking mm -hmm. pre-Chris Gaines in the glory years, Garth Brooks. Mm -hmm. You just couldn't say enough about singing some of the songs that Friends he performed in, low in places, early years. Honky Tonk Bar yep. Association. Such what? good stuff. Let's bear in mind as well that we were very young in a house where no one was drinking. So <laughs> us singing these songs is terribly hilarious. Yes. Um, to me, the real talk here is that one of the songs we used to belt the most on these Garth Brooks albums was the song Unanswered Prayers. Do you remember it, Jen? Oh, yes. Some of God's so, greatest gifts are Unanswered I know. Prayers. That is terrible theology. I was going to say that so people knew I knew what theology is, Jen. Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. On. You explain it. <laughs> okay. No, no one needs to hear me explain theology issues. It's terrible theology in that song, but 
it's so funny to think about these junior high girls singing about how um, the big disappointments in life and how they can help you get through them and you'll realize that there's something better out there and what seemed good really isn't that good. But you know what? That song's so real and so applicable. I think yeah. we should have just sung it for our first segment and it would have <laughs> covered everything we needed to cover, right? Yeah, yeah. Good call. Totally. But I think, um, let's just get real for a minute. I'm being kind of silly, but using the jumping off point of the song Unanswered Prayers, I think the reality is we sometimes do have prayers that feel unanswered. We won't get into the theology, but things we want and we're disappointed we didn't get them. And it's really real. Jen, I'm going to ask you to be very vulnerable as a leader right now. Can you tell us about an unanswered prayer in your life or something that didn't happen the way you thought it would? Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, it, we just celebrated 10 years as a church in January and it was a really big deal and so much celebration and what I was reminded of all over again is that God has done some just really amazing things that have blown all of our expectations in the 10 years that we have existed as a church. Um, however, some of the reflection that came with that also allowed me to go back and think through what were some of the expectations I had that felt like disappointment along the way. And one of the clearest examples of that was that when we started in 2010 as a portable church in a high school, I thought that there was no way we wouldn't have bought land and built a building by about year five. And <laughs> turns out that it not only takes a lot of money to do those things, but a whole lot of energy, a whole lot out of effort and the community we were heading toward ended up getting delayed in part by the recession we were still dealing with in 2010 and all kinds of things and so there was a lot of waiting and there were points along the journey where I felt like a, a failure or I felt disappointed that we weren't as far as I thought we needed to be or times when people would ask me you know hey yeah do you have a building yet and and I kept feeling like I was answering them almost apologetically and the the more I look back now though that is one of those things not an unanswered prayer because I do believe that God answers all prayers just sometimes the answer is no and sometimes the answer is not yet and so some of the moments where we thought we were closest and it was the right time it turns out God still had some more things he needed to show us more things we needed to learn in order to be moving in the right way and in order to pursue other opportunities he had for us one of the years we thought we were really close to to finishing and settling on land and doing those things that didn't happen but we did go and buy a food truck that year that serves meals three times a week in our community absolutely free to people who are in need and that food truck now has served over 35,000 meals in the last few years in this community and so what happened because of that was huge and so as I go back and I deal with what felt like disappointment there's opportunities to go okay but what did we learn in the process and so this is going to be the year that we um, finish paying for land and put a shovel in the ground in um in 2021 and we're really excited about that but this is the right time and so um that wasn't but we learned a whole lot so that was really honest laura but that's some real talk on disappointment and lessons learned mm -hmm. 
in our first segment, we talked about the reality of disappointment and that it is real and it's painful and we have to handle it with a little bit of caution, but a lot of reality. And one of the things that we've discovered is that the key to managing disappointment is really playing the long game, not getting so caught up that we don't let the disappointments along the way be learning moments for what's still to come. Because if we do that, what ends up happening is we quit too early. And I'm sure you've all heard this said, and sometimes we roll our eyes, this is just motivational speaker talk, but I've lived it too many times to believe that. So many times the point at which we are most tempted to give up is right before the moment of breakthrough. That is true. Laura, have you experienced that? I've experienced so many times that reality that there's so much more. And if you can look past the moment that you're sitting in right here, right now, um, disappointment, anger, fear, some of these other emotions we've talked about, along with joy and excitement and happiness are all critical elements to reaching a point. It's not about the place you're sitting in today. And um, Jen, if I may, I'd really like to tell our listeners about a book I read this year that really impacted me on this topic. Go for it, yeah. The, the book is called Unexpected. The author is Christine Kane. Some of our listeners may recognize the name, even if they don't place the book. Um, she has started a very successful organization called the A21 Campaign that specifically works in the area of anti-human trafficking and has been very successful there. But as you can imagine, there's been a lot in her life that led her to have leading in an activity or a group like that. Um, and in her book, Unexpected, she really walks the reader through how to deal with fear and feelings of disappointment and things that are confusing and move forward. One of the things she specifically says in the book, and this is a direct quote, is it's what we do with our disappointments that determines our destiny. If we don't go through our disappointments, we may move on in years, but our life stops at the point of our greatest disappointments. Mm, so good. Reading that, you know how sometimes, Jen, you're reading a book and you just stop and a highlighter is not going to do the trick? Mm-hmm. Like that I just page underlined and, that. Yeah. Yeah, that that page in my book is underlined, highlighted, dog-eared. And yes, people, I'm reading real books, not a Kindle, as I've just (laughs) described to you. Um, Sorry, Amazon. I'm sure I probably, I don't remember where I bought the book. But um, the the reality is there are just moments when you read something and and you take great pause. And that was one of them for me. And what I love is the way she specifically said, our life stops at the point of our greatest disappointments if we don't learn how to pass through them. And I think like we talked about in our first segment today, we need to be able to take disappointment and learn from it and go do the next thing. Because if we just allow ourselves and our life and our end game, if I may, be determined by where we stopped in disappointment, that's gonna lead to more disappointment, as opposed to having an opportunity to see that as a waypoint on a longer path. Mm, That's so good. And I can't help as you talk about that. And I know that this isn't the direction that we're necessarily going. I can't help but think about marriage as you talk about that. Um, But I think it could be applied to any significant relationship is that anytime we chart our course with another human being, that is always gonna fall short because we are all human beings. We disappoint other people all the time. People disappoint us. And anytime we chart our course together with someone, 
we end up doing that. And I, I think about a lot of marriages, my own and others I've known, that could have easily stopped at some places of disappointment. And sometimes marriages do stop. Again, that's a whole bigger conversation that I don't want to um, ignore. But but as you were talking about that, I think we could all go back on a timeline of our life for our marriage or relationship and mark those moments that could have defined the rest of the journey in a negative way, but instead become the moments that we get to to see through to the other side and we're truly stronger and in an incredible place because of it. But we have a choice to make about what those markers in the road are. Are they are they caution signs? Are they rumble strips? Or are they stop signs? That's a great way to put it with the road signs. And I really do think it's a matter of recognizing what you can do in that moment with that sign and not misinterpreting it. So in our Real Talk segment, you were very honest. I will be vulnerable about one here with our listeners. I can think of two times in my career where I didn't get the job I wanted or hoped for. There was some movement in the organization and the direction I saw myself going isn't where I was placed or what played out. And in both cases, I handled the disappointment differently. In one of those, I got angry, um, reference last episode, mm-hmm. and got angry and did something with that anger and turned it into... Um, and turned it into my motivation to do better the next time. Um, The second time that it happened to me, I took it and maybe because I'd grown so mature in the 10 years that had passed, that's a joke, Um, (laughs) but I definitely took the disappointment of not receiving or moving in the direction that I thought I was going to go and acknowledged it for an opportunity to do better where I was being placed to take what I knew and to double down on the job that I had been given and to really allow myself the opportunity to lean in hard to the task I was given. And in that case, I've really found two things. One, had I gotten what I thought I wanted, it wouldn't be working for today. Personally or professionally, it would have been a problem for me um, because of the expectations and the way things have moved around that role. And second, I've had a chance to do a lot of good and make a big difference for people around me where I am um, instead of where I thought I wanted to be. So I do think for all of our listeners, it's really important. And I would encourage everybody to go back and look at a time or two in your life when you were disappointed. Think about how you handled that disappointment. And I'm sure most of us can point to a place where you didn't handle it well. And you could also find some places where even subconsciously you handled that disappointment well and it helped drive you to the point you're at today. Thank you, first of all, for sharing that, Laura, because I think there's a lot of people that will resonate with the career journey of, you know, not landing the places that they thought they were going to land in the moments they were going to land. And that's a really big deal. But I also I want to point out and I feel like I pick on you from time to time in this podcast about being the big sister. But the truth is, there's only three years between us. So for all intents and purposes, we're the same age. And so (laughs) I think it's probably fair to say that we're both around middle age mid-age um I mean we're gonna live all I'm hearing right now is I'm still in my 30s based (laughs) on this conversation I am 
not for much longer, but I am. But we're we're both in that middle place. And so I, I think that's important too, because I think what we're trying to say about the long game can get skewed and maybe only heard as a, well, you're just saying that because you're still young. And in some ways we are. We have a lot of career ahead of us. Um, in fact, I think that my best years, I would say yours too, are still ahead of us. I think there's something to be said for the fact that we used to call 40s the warrior years in in work and career. And more and more, I'm reading articles that are shifting those warrior years to 50s. Once um, a lot of kids are out of the house, we get to really dig into maybe projects that we didn't have time for when they were younger. So you hear that, um, that moniker of warrior years kind of pushing into the 50s. And so I certainly see that. But I think that we also probably have listeners who are maybe in their 50s or maybe even beyond who might hear that and think okay that's great um maybe there's not as much long game ahead of me and so I just have a whole lot of disappointment I'm looking back on like I just have a lot of room to go back and go but what if this couldn't be and I just want to take a moment and encourage in this conversation the fact that and some of this does just I can't I know this isn't necessarily a Uh, an all-faith podcast and if you're listening not everyone shares the same faith but I can't help but go to a place of while while we're living God's not done doing something really useful with our lives and showing us beauty in a whole lot of ways and if we quit and if we let disappointment be the thing that writes the story then then we don't we write a really lousy story. That's that's not what it could be. And so I just want to encourage everyone, no matter where you are in this journey, there is room. And maybe if you're on that farther end, there's even more room because there's so much more to learn from that you have to offer so many people who are in the middle of making tons and tons of early career mistakes. So anyway, I hope that makes sense. It made great sense, Jennifer. As usual, I pull the practical and the impractical from everything you say. Um, Maintaining a somewhat serious tone in the practical, there's one more quote from that Christine Kane book that you really spoke to a moment ago, and it's this. Disappointment is a place we pass through, not a place we stay. And I think that's really important for all of us to take to heart, that disappointments are something that we will go through. We will walk through them. We are not promised in life that we won't have them but we keep moving through them. Um, And I love that. On a much less serious note, um, I want to reflect back on your comment about the fact that our 50s will be our warrior years. And I'd like to ask if that means I will be allowed to wear my Wonder Woman crown to the office (laughs) in another couple of years when I get to be that age. Because right now I get a lot of looks for it and I've been encouraged by HR to stop it. But I feel like you just gave me the go ahead in a few years. Is that that what I heard? I got to refer you back to our episode on limits and not being limitless, where I think we agreed to only pull our capes out on very special occasions. So Wonder Woman just stays tucked away she she only has her moments but yes I think there are moments and they are a coming so thanks for taking us there this has been some deep stuff so as we're as we're having this feelings conversation thank you for hanging with us these are real things for all of us they're important conversations to have so thank you so much for being part of that with us Listeners, welcome to Memory Lane. Today we've been talking about disappointment and Jen and I just happened to share 
a significant disappointment in life together. A disappointment <laughs> that rarely a family get together occurs where we do not bring this up. I will set the scene. We are in the New England States. We are on vacation and we are going to see Plymouth Rock. Jen, take it. I don't even know if I can tell the story. It's still a lot. Um, no, I, some of you are already laughing because if you have ever gone to, to, to see Plymouth Rock, you already know exactly where we're going. So anytime you ever read about Plymouth Rock or you hear the story of how the pilgrims came and they landed at Plymouth Rock and yada, 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 you can't help but picture an enormous rock structure. And so Laura and I were both um, fairly young. So we're on this family vacation and we get to Plymouth, Massachusetts and we park the car and we are heading up the road to see Plymouth rock and we start running ahead of our parents we're getting so excited and there is this big structure up ahead where Plymouth Rock is and there's these columns and all these things and then when you get there and you get up to these columns and these walls you look down into a hole where there is a pebble a pebble I mean it's bigger than a pebble but it's smaller than a soccer ball there is this rock that is just barely able to be considered a rock that is Plymouth I have bigger rock. rocks in my yard. Yes. My yard is, yeah, it's crazy. Yes. Oh my goodness. And so, you know, there's kind of all this expectation and build up and all the people dressed in historical garb and there is just no way to knock. And I'm sorry, we just ruined it for everybody, but just consider it. We just helped you set expectations. There is no way to go to Plymouth Rock and not be disappointed. Now, here's the fun thing though, because we talked to so many people after this trip and it was at this point in the story where they all ran ahead of us and were like, you went to cranberry world didn't you and so here's the deal you set aside this time because you think you're going to see this major landmark but it takes three seconds to just process the whole is that it and then you have all this extra time that you didn't know you were going to have in Plymouth Massachusetts but wouldn't you know that um, Ocean Spray, the juice company, has a cranberry factory that is right down the road. And the marketing geniuses at this place understood the disappointment of Plymouth Rock and strategically has signs all over the place saying, come and visit Cranberry World. And they have turned it into this museum exhibition thing where you go see the cranberry bogs and how it all gets made. And I don't think anybody would ever plan a trip to go see um, the Cranberry World, but the number of people who have gone and paid money to experience Cranberry World after the disappointment of Plymouth Rock has to be huge. That was a, an incredible family vacation. And yes, we tell that story all the time. Stay tuned for our stories about the Corn Palace in a future <laughs> Memory Lane moment. Thanks everybody for joining us for this Memory Lane. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode has made you laugh, made you think, and helped you grow in your industrious life. Sisters, business, what can go wrong? Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Sisters of Industry. 
Join us weekly as Laura and Jen reflect on their shared upbringing and divergent life experiences to draw out lessons to help us all lead and live meaningful, industrious lives.